0: The Bible Study Podcast, episode 508. The Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Ephesians with chapter 5, talking about Christian households. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Somewhat reluctantly talking about the second half of Ephesians five, because I know this is going to be a little controversial, but it is in Ephesians five, and I think Paul put it in there intended for our good. So let's talk about Christian households. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So the biggest controversial thing that we're going to run into this is the verses that are going to say that wives should submit to their husbands and everything. And before we get there, let's pause here, which is that verse 21, before that, says that we should submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That's not talking just a man or just a women. It's talking about doing something else. And I think maybe we're misunderstanding what submit means. And so let's pause here and talk about submission. Submission is kind of a dirty word for us because submission seems like it means to make yourself lower than, and I think it does, but not in the way that we think, in a, a way of humility, in a way of saying my needs, I'm going to make them less than your needs. I'm going to focus on what you need, and so I'm going to be have an attitude of service. Okay. For to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they fed and cared for their body just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So put this in a little bit of context. As Paul is speaking here, he's speaking in a Greco-Roman world. I say a Greco-Roman world. Ephesians would be predominantly Greek-speaking people, Christians, who he's writing to, in a world ruled by Rome and by Roman customs. And the understanding at the time is that you had your wife, you had your mistress, and then you did a little thing on the side. I mean, it was not a place where... The kind of fidelity we expect, even though we know that that doesn't always happen, was expected. There were temple prostitutes and things like that, so even part of your pagan worship might involve sexual acts. And because of that, it might be a little different in terms of what is being asked for the husband and what's being asked of the wife in terms of the specifics. Remember, the overall thing was submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Put the other one first. That's really the overall thing. Both are being called to the same thing. But husbands are being told to love your wife as you love yourself. And wives are being told to respect their husbands and, and to submit everything to their husbands. In part because that may be what is most lacking. You can imagine that if the husband is has the wife and the mistress and the somebody else, there isn't a lot of respect for marriage and there isn't a lot of respect for... In that context. And if you think about it, husbands, if you think you're getting off easy, you don't understand what this is saying because this is saying, love your wives as Christ loved the church and died for her, okay, and died for the church. And basically, if you're not living sacrificially, you're not getting this that both are being called here to live sacrificially the husbands more explicitly in a way like Christ did. In general, when Jesus is talking about leadership in the family, in the world, he's talking about servant leadership, and he's talking about it here in the home as well. Caring for your wife like you care for your own body. Caring for your wife like you care for the church. Loving your husband as you love Christ as the head of the church. He's trying to raise the bar on what is being expected from marriage, especially in the day and the time he is writing this. He's raising the bar really much higher. Now, one of the reasons we don't recognize that is that he does successfully raise the bar, that Christian church, as it comes in, does eventually have quite a lot of impact on the expectation for marriage and the expectation for men and women. And we don't always see that in context because we're looking from a different point of view. We're at a different place when we start. Continuing on in Ephesians 6, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead. Bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So, children, obey your parents. Okay. We certainly, as parents, think that sounds great. As children, we wonder how long that has to last. Is that something that I still have to do as an adult? I think honor your father and mother. Yes, still. Obey your parents. That's going to get a little awkward. Uh, My parents and I disagree on some things for sure, but I still need to be honoring my mother and father honoring my father and mother. And as Paul points out, that one actually came with a promise. The first of the commandments that comes with a promise, so it may go well with you. That God intends you to do this, so it may go well with you. But he says, remember, this is about everybody submitting to everybody else. So he says, fathers, you don't just get to lord it over your children. Don't exasperate them. Exasperate is a great word. It's a great word for fathers because I am a father and I know that I have exasperated my children on occasion. Some things that I do to exasperate my children I'm probably not going to try and change. And exasperate to irritate to anger. Now, there are some things that when you have a teenager you can exasperate them just by being around. So I I think we're probably not talking about that. But I think what it's saying is You need to think about what you're trying to do with your children. Bring them up in training and instruction of the Lord. Bring them. You have a responsibility for how you raise them, and you need to raise them to become Christian adults. So maybe it's don't exasperate your children pointlessly. Now, if you're exasperating them because you make them do their homework, I think I'll let you off the hook for that one. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. Because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him." Now. Honestly, here in 2017, I prefer or I would prefer if Paul had said slavery is bad, just stop all slavery. He doesn't say that, and these verses have definitely been used out of context to say, see, the Bible is pro-slavery. And I mean, used out of context as in people who are pro-slavery, who were definitely not behaving like these masters are told to behave but saying it's okay because the Bible doesn't say we should get rid of our slaves. And it, it is true, except in one occurrence. But what it's saying here is you live in a society where there is slavery. Some of you are slaves and some of you are masters who are coming to the same church. In fact, the slave might be the pastor, might be the bishop. It's independent of your of what you are outside, but you are also brothers in the faith. Or you're not. Maybe you're maybe you're a slave and you're serving somebody who is not a Christian. Or you're a master and you have slaves who are not Christians. He says, you have responsibility for how you treat one another, even in that relationship, even in that very asymmetric relationship where all of the power is on one side. Now, I have to look at this and say, I am not likely to become a slave nor to have slaves. So how can I use these verses? Well, if I'm working with someone if i'm working for someone it's the same sort of thing of don't just do the minimum don't just work while they're watching me but to serve wholeheartedly as serving the lord not people and i think that that's the same thing that we had with the children and the parents same theme as we had with the wives and the husbands serve as if you were serving the lord not people whether it be your wife or your husband or your child or your father or your master or your slave or your boss or your neighbor. Do things as if in service to the Lord. Do things wholeheartedly. Treat people knowing that you have a father in heaven who is your master. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at the dot com or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at the dot com and thanks so much for listening.